Welcome to the Orlando Lady Boss Podcast, a show about women who impact, inspire, and grow the Orlando community. I'm your host, Diana Griffith, and the Chief Ideas Maker at Orlando Lady Boss. I'm here to introduce you to the women who are entrepreneurs, activists, artists, change makers, and leaders in the Orlando community. I hope this encourages you to impact, inspire, and grow your own community in Orlando and beyond. Now, let's get into the show. Welcome to episode 66 of the podcast. Um, today, I had, this month, we had a little snafu with some of the scheduling of my guests, and I decided to uh, repost an episode from way back in the day. Um, I think this was episode number four, um, which is called All About the Hustle, and my friend Caitlin Study from South Street and Company is the person I interview in this episode. Um, since Caitlin recorded with me, she has had a last name change. So you'll hear me refer to her as K- Caitlin Cook in the episode. But she has since gotten married um, over a year now. And congratulations, Caitlin. And um, But I really thought that this was a great episode for me to share today because I've actually had a lot of people um, ask me about when they knew it was a good time for them, when when it was right for them to jump, um, or when I wanted to jump from my full-time job to working for myself. And I'm getting that question asked a lot, and Caitlin built South Street on the side while she was working a full-time job, and we talk a lot about that in this episode. So I thought that it would be the perfect episode um, for a lot of y'all to hear because I've been hearing this question a lot from um, people uh, inside and outside my circle. And that leads me actually to my question for today. And I answer questions on the podcast every month. If you're interested in um, submitting a question to me, um, anything about building a business, content creation, confidence, um, please either reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram um, at Orlando Lady Boss is where you can find me on all the social media and you can ask me the question there or you can email me Diana at orlandoladyboss.com, and I will be happy to answer the question on a future episode for you. But today's question comes from Kelly, and she asks me, what was the moment you decided to leave your corporate job and work for yourself full-time? How did you overcome any fears? Now, as I talked about on the podcast before, I worked um, for two years on my business, building up my confidence, my skills, and clients while I was working at a demanding day job Um, that, you know, I came home very often feeling pretty mentally drained. Now, I want to talk about my experience, but I want to preface it with um, that, with this disclaimer, disclaimer that I know that my experience is not necessarily the typical experience um, and that I 
am going to talk about my privileges within this question because I do come from a bit of a privileged position that I can make decisions about how to run my business that maybe someone else and someone like you listening might not be able to make in the same way that I did. Um, but the first and most important thing I want you to think about and make clear when you're working for yourself um, with no boss and you're the one responsible for doing all the work and finding the work and it is not easy running a business is not easy um financially it can feel very unsteady and scary um especially at the beginning but it can really happen even when you're years into um your business you can have seasons where things are really really tight despite your best efforts um it's the whole idea of feast feast and famine sometimes and you really have to be prepared to ride those waves um because it can be really a mental freak out if you financially are feeling unsteady um while you're trying to also concentrate on the business growth and so it's important to understand the financial compromises that you might have to make um before jumping into it and most importantly, know how much money you need to make monthly before you jump and try to save some of the savings that can help you um, if it's a little rocky at first. And I would recommend at least three months if you can. Now, like I said, in my situation, um, it's a little bit different. Um, my husband and I had a nice little savings because we could, that we could float us if anything went wrong um, due to the sale of our house earlier in that year. And um, I reached a point in my job where I was feeling like I couldn't move forward in my career there. Um, but I also felt like I couldn't move forward in my business either as I was too brain tired to split my efforts between the two endeavors anymore. Um, and also, as I mentioned before, I have these privileges and one of them is that my husband could help support us financially through this transition on top of our nest egg. And you know, I don't like I, I, you know, I'm harping on this because sometimes I feel like we hear these these inspirational stories about how someone made it. And we don't talk about the financial side of it and the scariness that is the financial side of it, um, because it is really, really scary. And that's the fear I think I hear in a lot of voices from the people who come and talk to me, because this is the means of how we survive in the world is is money. So it's not just about money can be a source of, of where some of that confidence um, comes from. And um, so when it came time to where I needed to leave the job I was at, I needed to make a decision. Do I try to find another job and stay in the same industry or do I give up my clients because um, everything was too much? I couldn't do both anymore. And for me, that gut feeling was I would be really, really sad if I didn't try to do this, if I didn't put myself out there because I knew that I had the ability to do it, um, even if I didn't have the base of clients that was making the money I needed at the moment. I knew I knew how to do it. And um, it was something I had always imagined doing. And and I knew that if I had didn't sit there and tr or if I didn't try, I knew I would be, um, you know, two years into the next job wondering and having that itch again. And I remember about a year into my business, 
Um, my best friend asked me if I regretted doing it, and if my business failed, would I be worried or scared? And what I told her then is, is really what I truly believe now, um, even today, is the answer is no, because I went through the journey. I tested myself to see what I was capable of on my own terms, and I've learned skills and made a name in a new industry that I truly, truly enjoy. And if the business falls apart tomorrow or I decide I just don't want to do it anymore, I know I will be able to move on to the next part of my life fulfilled with what I've accomplished here because I've made new connections, new skill sets. There's all types of things that I have gained in this business towards a life that I want. And I would encourage you to do the same when you're thinking about making that jump. What do you want to get out of it? If you need money, is there a different way for you to structure your work time? Maybe get a part-time job or a less demanding job so you have more energy to devote to the business you want to build. What are the compromises that you want to make and that you hope to eventually accomplish? What's the life that you want? These are the types of questions you need to ask yourself. And the good thing about these questions is it will help you start to think big picture stuff, which is what you will need to do as a business owner. So thank you, Kelly. I hope that my story gives you some clarity on what's right for you or anyone else out there listening who is asking themselves the same thing. If you have a question you want to answer me to answer on the show, you can reach out to me on my Facebook or my Instagram at Orlando Lady Boss, like I mentioned before, or you can email me uh, at Diana at OrlandoLadyBoss.com. And now let's get on to the interview with Kristen Study with South Street and Company, because she is going to tell you her story about how she transitioned from her job, uh, full-time job, into running her own business. And it's going to be a little bit different than mine. Enjoy. Welcome to the show, Caitlin. Thanks for having me. So, Caitlin, let's go ahead and start and just tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah, so I have a marketing agency in Thornton Park, and what we do is we specialize in helping small to medium-sized businesses with their online marketing, and that could range anywhere from revamping a website to creating a website, social media, blogging, email marketing, and consulting, just to name a few things. Wonderful. So, can you tell us a little bit how about how you got started in marketing and what brought you from where you were to where you are today? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I went to UCF and loved it. I was originally going go for... Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I was originally going for physical therapy and I, at that time, worked at Bath & Body Works and I just hit every sales goal that they gave me. I was really getting along with people well and the one story that really did it for me to change my major from physical therapy to marketing was... I was at the Florida Mall and we had this perfume that was a perfume that wasn't very, I mean, it was just very floral. So you had to have a certain type of like in order to want to buy it. So there's this lady that came in and she didn't speak English and she was with her daughter-in-law who did speak English and translated for her. She said, I just want something to make me feel beautiful. So I took her over to this line that we had to like help her skin and make her feel beautiful like she wanted. And then I was like, you know what? You might like this perfume that we have. And it ends up that it was the perfect scent just for her. So I ended up selling all three of them. And <laughs> we could not move these things for the life of us. I mean, the managers had been trying. And then I just kind of asked her, hey, what do you think about this? And she loved it. So she bought all of them. So from there, I changed my major. And then... 
graduated from UCF with a degree in marketing, looked for a job everywhere except for Orlando and found one here. Of course, that always happens, right? Mm -hmm. And I got a job as the new person in charge of marketing for Mid-Florida Dermatology, which is a dermatologist in the Orlando area. And before that, he really had never had anyone helping with marketing. And he was kind of like, okay, here you go. Let's see what you can do. So in the first six months, I helped them rebrand the whole company, new logo, slogan, website. I implemented social media, email marketing, and blogging for the first time. And then I was with them for two and a half years and over that time helped them with digital marketing and then outside marketing, kind of like what you think a drug rep would do, like bringing lunches to doctors Mm -hmm. and saying hello, dropping off pens. And over the two and a half years that I was there, I helped them double in size. And so when I left, they had 20 offices and three were out of state, 17 were in Central Florida. So I just kind of felt like I reached a plateau. And, you know, when you double in that amount of time, you have to, you know, have the cash flow. That's impressive. Yeah. (laughs) Right? So, yeah, they had 10 when I started. And to double like that is crazy. And I was so happy for them. And I was so happy to be able to have that experience and to learn all the hands-on information that I know right now. So like I said, I just felt like I reached a plateau and my parents had always been advocates of being an entrepreneur. So they were like, well, why don't you start this on your own? And at first I was like, yeah, I don't really know if I want to do that. (laughs) And then my mom kind of pushed me and my parents pushed me and I got my first client in 2014, started working morning, nights, and weekends to build up the clientele, set a goal to be out by March, 2017. And got into like daytime networking that fall and then really started like, you know, hitting the pavement, going door to door, introducing myself to people. And then I left March 14th was my last day. So I'm, you know, have been growing ever since. And I'm happy that, you know, two years is right around the corner, which is nuts. That's crazy. That's, you know, I think you probably, actually probably in 2014 is when I kind of started my goal of let me get out. It took me, I think, two years to get out of the part-time to the full-time. Um, so I'm, I'm impressed. You're, I'm sitting here like sweating going, oh my goodness. No, <laughs> girl, listen, you. listen. <laughs> this was no easy feat. And it's funny because like people will be like, oh, Caitlin, you're so lucky. Like, look where you are now. But I honestly woke up five days a week at five o'clock in the morning, worked until 6.30, you know, got ready for work, worked from eight to five, and then came back home and worked till 11 o'clock at night. And then on the weekends, I would work the entire weekend Mm -hmm. doing the client work because I I couldn't afford to leave that paycheck yet. Mm -hmm. So I just put like pedal to the metal. My family was super supportive. My boyfriend was like really, really supportive and they were like behind me the whole way. That's great. And I mean... How you you talk about your family and your boyfriend and how important is it to have those support systems around you as you're trying to build something, especially when you're working full time, because it can be so stressful to do that. Yeah. Um, if you could see my face, I'm like scrunching it right now. Like, <laughs> yes, yes. I think it's honestly invaluable. Even if you don't have your family there with you, even if you don't have a significant other, Find people who believe in you and find people who want to push you further. I had some amazing people that I met. One of them, she was the one who introduced me to the daytime networking and she really helped me expand my business. I mean, if it wasn't for like, and by daytime networking, I mean like the BNI type groups, like the lead generation groups, that Mm -hmm. type of thing. So I feel like it's honestly so important, even if you have like girlfriends, if you have a mentor, if you have a teacher that you still keep in contact with, 
they just want what's best for you. And for me, it was my parents and some of my friends and my boyfriend too, just pushing me and saying, hey, you know what? You can do this. Yeah, and I think it's important to find people who get what it is you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. And so they, so even if you're having those days where you're just going, I don't know if I can do that, especially working seven days a week, because I know how that feels too, mm -hmm. doing the, the nine to five and then coming home. I did not get up at five o'clock, <laughs> but I did, I would, I would work evenings and on the weekends and you feel like the work is never done mm -hmm. um because but you're passionate about it you want to get out yeah. you want to start something new um and just finding ways to get through that now when you were doing that kind of stuff when you were working like that how were you able to find some time for yourself and so you weren't like completely driving yourself nuts or were you <laughs> were you not doing that um I, I mean I I honestly like try to block that out of my memory <laughs> Just kidding, no. Um, but I would have to, I really, okay, so even when I was driving, because I drove a lot for work, you know, they had like 20 offices all around Central Florida, mm -hmm. so I was in the car a lot, so I was like, okay, how can I utilize my time in the car? I can't like read, and that's when I got into podcasts and Audible, mm -hmm. so I really listened to a lot of books, I listened to a lot of podcasts that really like helped me, and one that I would highly recommend is How I Built This by NPR, have you heard of it? No, that one is, I'm not familiar with. Oh my gosh it's so great it's it's talking about all of these companies who are like giant moguls now and how they started hmm. like the last one um two weeks ago was with mark cuban and how he okay. started and of course you know he's the billionaire he's yeah. on shark tank but i i think that trying and one thing that i did not do was balance life and work and i to be honest i wasn't 100 happy but that was also six months out of my entire life that i like hit the ground like full force running. But once I finally like quit my job, I got into a routine. I started working out again. I didn't really work out during that time because I had no time. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, finding time for my boyfriend too, he, we would like eat dinner together and then I'd be like, okay, I have to go back upstairs and like do work. I think that's important because <clears throat> what you just said about how like during that time period, I didn't have a balance because that was how I felt too. Mm -hmm. I felt very much, I didn't have a balance. All it was was about work. And I know not everyone can do that, but if you have the opportunity to do that and you can take advantage of that, mm -hmm. it's okay if you can't hit all of those different areas of your life that you're trying to. If you're really concentrating your, on your business, you may not be able to concentrate on your fitness or, mm -hmm. hey, I had a burger for lunch because I had to pick it up as opposed to a salad and I didn't sleep very well, you know, and I think those types of things are okay because because you hear so much about, oh, we need to have everything in balance and we have to do everything, but you yeah. can't always do everything. Yeah. Have you read the book, uh, The Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes? No, I've it's heard of it. so good. But one of the things she talks about is when she's exceeding in one area of her life, another area of her life isn't um, she's not doing well. Yeah. Like if, if she's at, if she's on par with her company and her production, her family is getting neglected mm -hmm. and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a part of the story a lot of people don't talk about. Yeah. And it's so crazy because I think as females, we feel like, oh, well, let me just apologize because I couldn't be there for that. Or let me just like say sorry for this. And 
my mom's like, I was joking with my mom, like, mom, you never knew you'd re- you were going to be a business advisor, <laughs> did you? And she's like, no, I should charge. I'm like, no, you can't, mom. But I was talking to her and she was like, Caitlin, stop saying sorry. Mm-hmm. Don't apologize. If you really think about it, like men are less likely to apologize than women. Mm-hmm. And you read all the time, you're like, oh, well, a true entrepreneur wakes up early, goes to bed late, they hustle, hustle, hustle. But in reality, the lady who got me into like this daytime networking, Mm -hmm. she is an acupuncturist and a massage therapist. And she was like, Caitlin, I know someone like you who in their 30s, they had a stroke because they did everything that you're doing times like 10 Mm -hmm. and they didn't stop. So now I try to have like me time on Wednesdays. My boyfriend, who's now recently my fiance, I'll I'll throw that in there. Congratulations. (laughs) Thanks, girl. So I have, you know, women business owners, if you have men that are there to help support you, it's so important because I have a husband too who really took the brunt of a lot of that during during that time period. Yes. I just like a side note, he the one thing that like really was amazing with him was I was like, well, his name's Andy. So I was like, well, Andy, you know, what if everything goes up in smoke? He's like, Kaylin, I'll buy the groceries. If I have to pay rent, I'll pay your rent. And like to me, I never luckily I never like had that happen, mm-hmm. thank goodness. But that was just like a security blanket because I had zero funding for this. Like Mm -hmm. everyone's like, oh, do you own 100%? Yeah. Oh, well, who invested? No one. I worked my butt off. Yeah. But going back to what you were talking about with the women, I I just feel like in, you know, all of these magazines, you hear about how you just need to like go, go, go. But my friend Amy, she really was like, Caitlin, you need to take time for yourself. Mm -hmm. So Wednesdays are date nights. Mm -hmm. I try not to look at my phone or check my phone on the weekends. After like six, maybe 6.30, I throw my work phone in my purse and I go home and I don't check it till the morning. You know, if something's an emergency, like all of my employees have my cell phone, my personal cell phone number. I'll, you know, if if something's, there really hasn't been a marketing emergency to be honest, but you know, if something happens, like someone posts a negative review or something and I need to look at it, I'll get it in the morning and I'll make sure to take care of it. But it's just like finding that balance. You really need that because I can tell you I was so stressed out. I wasn't like where I wanted to be personally and especially like working out and running. It's important to me because Mm -hmm. I think that you should feel good about yourself. And when you feel good about yourself, then everything, you know, increases from there. Oh my gosh. That's the lesson I've learned this year, this, the past year in 2016 was when I didn't feel good about myself there was nothing I can do to convince other people that I was good enough for anything. Yeah. And, and whatever it is that makes you feel good about yourself, taking carving a little time and trying mm-hmm. to figure that out, even, you know, even if you are building a business. But I think understanding, I think it's a little bit of both, like understanding that there can be time periods where you're in crunch times versus mm-hmm. times where like, yes, you need to figure out ways to, to carve time out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that's the balance that everyone seeks, right? <laughs> everyone seeks. Yeah, and it's, men don't think about that. Because no. I think as women, we're supposed to be everything. Like, yeah. we had this, like, yeah. this, you know, in the 90s and the early 2000s, it's been this whole, like, you can have it all. And then, it's, I think us, we're both millennials going, yeah. wait, do we really want it all? Yeah, <laughs> but, like, what part of all do I really yeah. want? What part yeah. of all do I really want? Because that's important. And whatever it is that you want out of life, you have to figure out what those things are. And you don't have to have every bit the perfect way. If you want to be that go-getter businesswoman and like 
yes, raw, like go after it. But if you want to be that, I want to be successful and powerful at work, but I want to go home and I want to have a family and, mm -hmm. and bake the cookies and do all that kind yeah. of stuff too. Like you should be able to want to have that and figure out how those pieces fit into your life. Yeah, I totally agree. In a book, have you read Lean In? By yes. Cheryl? Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> Everyone listening, that book is amazing. And it talks exactly about that, how women shouldn't feel like they can't or shouldn't go home when five o'clock rolls around. Mm -hmm. You know, she was talking about like how she felt like she needed to be at the office till eight because that's what other people were doing, how she didn't have time with her family. And at the end of the day, it's like, you know, you only have one life to live. Mm -hmm. And even though that sounds, you know, so cliche, it's really true. And I mean, hello, it's 2017. Yeah. Yeah, we should. Yeah, it should be. It should be like simple knowledge, but it just isn't. And and whatever your life, what you want your life to look at, and it can change over time. Oh yeah. Don't for sure. don't think you've pigeonholed yourself into one thing that that's what your life should look like, and mm -hmm. then okay, it's over. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on. Yeah, exactly. And your definition of happiness varies from the next person. Like mm -hmm. your and my definition of happiness are probably two very different things. Totally. And like your definition of like what a good work product is and what mine is are two different things. You know, we have like different ways to be creative, different ideas, mm -hmm. and that's the beauty of it. But of course we can understand each other on what our goals are and help each other achieve those things, yeah. whatever they look like. Yeah, for sure. Which is another part of it because mm -hmm. as women, we have to help other women lift each other up to get to whatever that next step of ideal life as opposed to yeah. ideal business. But yeah. you know, if it's business, if it's mm -hmm. anything in life, I think that's important. Yeah. But let's go back to your business. So one of the things that your business really concentrates on is um, partnering, partnering with small businesses. Mm -hmm. And you're a marketing agency for small mm -hmm. businesses. And why did you think that that was the right niche for you? That's a really good question. No one's ever asked me that before. <laughs> so this is my reveal to the world. <laughs> so the reason why was because I helped Mid-Florida Durham expand and just, I mean, double in size the time that I was there. And I look at them as a small business, even though, you know, they had 10 offices, that was definitely within my wheelhouse. So, and that's the other thing too. Everyone thinks, everyone's definition of like small business is different. Mm -hmm. So my business can focus on, on businesses who have 20 locations, but have like one social media site or one website mm -hmm. or maybe a couple websites, but like a company like The Magic or like, let's say Coca-Cola, that would be way too big for, for where we are now. Mm -hmm. Now in the future, you know, come back in like five years, maybe yeah. two years, <laughs> let's chat. But I just felt like I really loved the small business story. Like I had a lady who found me online yesterday and she does this type of of service, it's called microblading, which is where they, it, it's not tattooing, but it's like semi-permanent um, for your eyebrows. Hmm. And she just told me, she was like, you know what? I want to work with cancer patients and I want to help women feel beautiful. And like, I got goosebumps, you know, it's not like the big guy trying to make a dollar. It's like these people literally want to help. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I love working with the clients that I have because like I have an AC client, I have a massage therapist, I have a speaker, I have an artist and it's all over the board. But at the end of the day, everyone's trying to make a difference. And those are the clients that I love working with. And I work with anyone who wants to be hands-on to anyone who wants to take it over and I just help them with consulting. And 
you know, helping their business expand. But usually their stories are like the thing that I love hearing because a lot of times it's so passionate because they love what they do. You know, that's one thing that I think is really important with small businesses because I've always worked for small businesses. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, small, medium-sized businesses. And the thing that sets the business apart and what you see as far, far as branding is concerned is what is the story? What yeah. makes you different from someone else? And when you're building a business, especially when you're a one-person business or whatever, it, you are <laughs> the story. Yeah. Why are you doing this? And that's yeah. important. And people want to know that because it, it adds a layer of dimension to who they are. You know, mm -hmm. oh, I want to do eyebrow tattoos for cancer patients like that's yeah. powerful yeah know? so powerful yeah. and I mean that just puts like fuel in my fire to come up with an amazing strategy for them like her she wanted a brand new website and she was like well what do you think of my website I was like I just you know I don't think it's updated and I think that if you update it then you can potentially charge more for your services mm -hmm. and then people see oh yeah, I want to go to this place because this place reflect, reflects professionalism, it's modern, it's updated, and it's chic. Mm -hmm. And that's what people want. They want to know what they're walking into and they want to feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, that leads me to the next, um, my next question, which is kind of about when you work with a small business and building that team around you as a small <coughs> business owner, because you partner with small business owners, people don't really think that they don't really want to reach out to small business owners because they think that they don't have the budget or they don't have this. Mm -hmm. But you just brought a great example up about how, hey, if we do a little bit here, it makes you look more expensive. It makes mm -hmm. you look like you can charge more. So, you know, why for a small business owner are some of those things that it's important to have those team members around you and to pay for those services? Yeah, I mean, I, I just think that... So when working at Mid Florida Durham, I was the marketing director for them, but I also worked with other marketing agencies too. And the thing that you, that small businesses need to learn is that you are skilled at your particular, or not that they actually need to learn, but mm -hmm. you know, just realize, cause for me too, mm -hmm. I mean, I am not good at accounting. Mm -hmm. That's why I do marketing. Mm -hmm. Hello. Yeah. I hated math classes. <laughs> so guess what? I have an account and that's not something I excel at, but a lot of people think, oh, well, Social media is free and I can just do it myself. But are you really targeting the right people? Are you sending the right message? What does your website say about you? I mean, people are, what are they, what do you do when you look something up? You Google it. Mm -hmm. So having a really positive image and having something that portrays your company in the right light is essential. And I would look at it not as though, oh, I'm, I'm paying this company. I would look at it as a partnership mm -hmm. because that's how I want my company to be. I love when clients come in here and they bring all their paperwork or they bring like all their tchotchkes and they're like, this is what I have. What can you do with it? <laughs> and I'm like, all right, where should we start? So then we come up with a cohesive strategy that works for them. And, and talking about budget, you know, people, I work with people on an hourly basis. So it's like, if you're here for an hour, I charge you for an hour. But I also work with other people who might have a bigger budget to start off with who need like a big website. So that's more of like a chunk mm -hmm. or who need their social media handled because they have a great income coming in. They just don't have time to do this and they know that they need it. Mm -hmm. So as when you work with small businesses and 
I'm sure you have a lot of people come in and like, I just can't afford this or I can't do this. How do you stay firm also as owning a small business and not giving away your services for free so you don't feel like you're getting undervalued for the work that you're doing? Do you know what? One of the hardest things, and I still think I'm like getting this right, was setting my prices. Mm -hmm. So I, when I first started, I think I charged like $40 an hour, which mm -hmm. to me, I'm like, what the heck was I thinking? <laughs> and I, I don't have any clients that I still charge that. You know, they've either like gone off on their own or, you mm -hmm. know, it's expanded from there. We added more services. But now I really think, and here's the other thing too. You, it's all about perception. Mm -hmm. If people perceive you that you are valuable to them, then they'll pay for it. Mm -hmm. And that goes along with your question about the website. Mm -hmm. Well, if you have a really good looking website, people are gonna think, you know, this person knows what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Then, and when you charge, you know, let's say you charge like $200 an hour or $100 an hour, they think it's worth it. Yeah. So it's all about perception and it's all about value. Yeah, and I think, when you first are getting out there and you're charging the race for yourself, because the same thing for me too, when I was saying, oh, 40 or $50 an hour and I'm going, yeah, oh you're like God. holding your breath, like, please make it be okay. <laughs> is, is the only person that's going to, to flinch at that is you. Yeah. The other, the other people aren't. And if they're, if they are going to flinch at it, then they're not valuing what the service is. Right. Especially as someone that, works for yourself because the thing that I kind of learned is when you work for yourself you're not just an hour, hourly employee whatever that work you're doing for the client double the amount of time it takes to do all the administrative stuff that surrounds exactly. it. Exactly. So when you think of oh that I charge 40 bucks an hour for this thing mm -hmm. for one hour of work it actually is two hours because it's one hour of the work and one hour of administrative costs that go around do you know what? That's so right. And I never even thought about that. I mean, now I never even thought about it, you know? And even like, here's the thing too. I, I met with this, this lady and she was great. She has her own HR consulting company. And she was like, for any consulting clients that I have, I charge them an additional 7% on top because that accounts for the emails that come in, the phone calls that are like around 15 minutes, mm -hmm. any questions that they have, any concerns, and like anything that I basically don't have to do paperwork for. Mm -hmm. But you're so right. And I, I just thought that was really smart of her. And here's the other thing too. So my mom, she, you know, another mom insight here. She was you like, know what? moms have a lot of knowledge. Don't discount. My mom is the bomb.com. Yeah. Yeah. No, do not discount. So she was like, you know, I was really struggling with like what I was going to charge per hour. And I, and I keep increasing it and increasing it as like my bandwidth and knowledge increases, which I think it should. Mm -hmm. So I was struggling with charging like over $65 an hour. And my mom called me and she was like, Caitlin, a plumber an electrician charge $100 an hour for a consult, okay? And not to like discredit them at all because I, I mean, hello, if your toilet backs up, I'm gonna call that plumber no matter what. And you're probably gonna charge, you're, you'll probably pay $100 an hour. Exactly, that's the same thing. And so she's like, Caitlin, if they're charging $100 an hour for just a consult, then you can charge that too because you have your degree backing it. You now have experience in the industry and you have all of these accolades that you didn't have before. So for me, it was like that realization that, okay, yeah, I am worth it. But the thing that I had to get over was in my mind. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, when you say, um, I charge $65 an hour, or if you say, I charge $65 an hour, 
there's a huge difference in that presentation and it's like you believing it. Yeah, and I think if you just practice saying that to the mirror, to your cat, to your dog, I, I think saying it out loud, practicing saying it out loud is important yeah. because you're going to run into a networking event, especially as you start going out and people are going to start asking you what you charge and, and you have an idea Everyone has an idea of what your rates are. Yeah. And you need to be confident in this is what I charge. Mm -hmm. And not just say, oh, I kind of, I charge somewhere, you know, and kind of mumble. Because yeah. it gives them an idea that it's very, very negotiable and they can work you down. Yes. And speaking about negotiable, I did have a client who tried to negotiate with me and they ended up being the worst client that I've ever had. Mm -hmm. It it got to the point where they would call my cell phone and I, I would start getting anxious. Like my heart rate would increase. I started like, <sighs> and because they yes, were just I've so, <laughs> yeah, because they were so mean and, and belittling. And at this, at the, there was a point where I was working with one of my friends on this project and they hung up and he was like, Caitlin, I don't know how the heck you do that. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of like an eye opener to me that like someone else from the outside, like realized what I was going through. And I was like, why the heck am I doing this? But I'll tell you why. It's because they are paying me a lot of money a month. Mm -hmm. But is it at the end of the day, it's like, okay, you have to come back to like what my, what my friend said. You have to think about you. Yeah. And I think especially from a business owner's perspective mm -hmm. is you own a business. You don't have to put up with some of the same things that yeah. other, that you would as an employee. Yeah. And if I, I think that there is something to be said about your instincts and what you mm -hmm. feel right off the bat. And I, we're very intuitive as women. Yeah. And, and I have noticed the people who right off the bat, I kind of went, but then you still did something with, they're the ones at the end of the day, I'm going, why did I agree to that? I knew mm -hmm. from the beginning that that wasn't the right person for me. Yeah. And maybe they're right for someone else. Yeah. But how do you learn from that? So you, not that you don't make a mistake again, because I think we're all going to make mistakes yeah. throughout, but not to completely tear yourself up, um, over the mistake you've made. Cause I know that that happened to me last week. I made a mistake <laughs> and it came to, down to working with a client I shouldn't have. Yeah. And when I finally kind of stood up for myself, I felt horrible about it for the rest mm -hmm. of the day. And, I, and it, it really kind of messed with my, like, am I doing something right? Am I doing something wrong? And how, <laughs> maybe you have a little bit more wisdom because I, I don't know how to kind of get over that. Well, when that situation happened to me, it's when you turn to the people that mean the most to you. So like I talked to my mom, talked to my boyfriend, I called one of my mentors and I would highly recommend seeking out a mentor. It's kind of like Someone told me that if you have to ask them to be your mentor, you're not doing it right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I don't call them to their face, my mentor, but like they totally that, know. I have, too. I have a mentor too. And, and I don't call him mentor, but to other people, I go, they're kind of a mentor. Yeah. Me. And you don't even say like, no, they're a mentor. You're like, I, yeah, they're like my mentor. Like they're like my mentor, <laughs> but it's like a hundred percent. No, they're my mentor. So I like called him and he was like, Caitlin, you know, really? And like, I had something happen a couple weeks ago. And I honestly think that you have to, in, 
this situation, I told myself, it, I figured it out at night and it was like a mistake that shouldn't have happened, but it did happen. And it's all about how you handle the situation. So I basically, so I'll give you the situation. I sent out an, an email blast and you know how you put like that code so it generates the people's names? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, it turns out that no one's name was in there. So I sent it out to 277 people and it was like, hi, F dash name star. Oh, no. And three people, like three or five, I can't remember. Maybe it was like four people. I don't know. But a handful of people email me and they're like, hey, I think your code generator is messing up. And I was like, oh my gosh. And of course I'm like, you know, asking them to sign up for my email list because they need to know more about marketing and I can't even get it right. So I ended oh, no. up... I just, I was like, okay, well, you know, stuff happens, you know, life happens, mm -hmm. whatever. And so the next day I like talked to some of the people that like are really helpful, called that mentor, like was like, Hey, what do I do? And so we came up with a solution. I said, and then in the follow-up email, I said in the caption or in the subject, it was like, Hey, glad you caught that. And then in the email, I was like, Small mistakes can happen to businesses all the time. To make sure that this doesn't happen to you, call an expert. And then, okay, this is the best part. And then one of the guys that emailed me was like, hey, I think you have a mistake. He goes, well done. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I did it and I pulled it off. Yeah, I, that's, that's, that is a great story. Sometimes yeah. when you're just like, oh, I made a mistake. But hey, we can all make mistakes. Let's. You know, yeah, it was like not fixes, admitting yeah. that I and make I, lemons out lemonade or lemonade out lemons. Dude, I like squeeze those lemons so hard to get that. <laughs> yeah, but it's like going back to what I mentioned before, like not apologizing. You know, mm -hmm. life happens, stuff happens. It, it it's happened with clients too, and it's all about like, hey, especially with clients. You know, that was my fault. This mm -hmm. is what we're gonna do to make it better, mm -hmm. and this is why it won't happen again. And I feel like if you do that, then you gain trust in people and then they really respect you. Oh man, I love that story. So I have one last question before we wrap up. Yeah. Is, because you've given a lot of good advice. Oh, thanks. Um, uh, is what is one lesson or piece of advice that has stuck with you over the years? You know, one of one of my my friends who also has this amazing boutique but they also they turned it into like a fashion blogger they asked me this question and I would just say that one of the things is one of the quotes that I really love is go the extra mile it's never crowded and if you think about it a lot of people do the bare minimum or they do the average but like what can you do as a person or as a business or as a woman to stick out from other people so here's a great example Whenever I meet and bring on a new client, I send them a handwritten note thanking them for trusting me with their brand. And I've started doing that with people that I meet with for like one-to-ones, like outside of networking or like we grab coffee. I'm like, you know what? Thank you so much for just taking the time to, getting, to get to know me. And if you just do little things, people realize that. And I mean... I think the handwritten notes are so underutilized. I got one from you. Thank you, by the way. So, so, yes, I sent out some at Christmas time. Yeah, yeah, I got it. It was awesome. But I, I think that really, like, doing, do, and also, I had to learn this the hard way, too. Only deal with clients that you think you know how to deal with. And that's, like, kind of complicated. But what I mean is, like, if someone comes to you and you don't know 100% how to do something, you either have to hustle to figure it out or know that you don't have time to figure it out and just tell them straight up, you know, that's not really within my wheelhouse, but let me recommend you. 
because there was, there was a logo that someone wanted me to do and this was in the very beginning and I was like, money! Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, I can totally do that. I was so stressed out trying to get that thing done. I mean, it came out really well. I don't know how I did it, but I like, you know, worked it out and worked like over, it was over the Christmas holiday. It was like last year or the year before something like that. Mm -hmm. But it, it like now if someone asks me to do something that's like out of my wheelhouse and I'm not going to have time to research it, it's like, you know, I'm just going to pass it off and say, thank you for thinking of me. Keep me in mind for X, Y, Z, but let me pass you off to someone else. Yeah. I think that that's really good advice. And I think that comes with, with how you start focusing in on what your services are mm -hmm. and what you can do because yeah you want to push yourself and learn a little bit more but you don't want to get so far outside of that especially at first where yeah. you're not able to do the job correctly and, mm -hmm. and and provide the service right yeah and the one thing that I want to do is keep clients for long term because we all know that finding new clients is more expensive than keeping them and it's harder too so I, my whole goal is to do really great work. And I tell all my clients, if I wouldn't put it on my website, I'm not going to do it for you. Caitlin, can you share with us you, um, where we can find you, your social media channels, your website? Yeah, thanks. You can find me at southstreetmarketing.com. And then I'm also really, really active on Instagram. So if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's southstreet underscore co. Awesome. And I'll have all of those in the show notes below. And... Thank you again, Caitlin, for joining us here at Orlando Lady Boss today, and we will catch you next time. Thank you for listening. Be sure to visit my blog, orlandoladyboss.com, for all the show notes from this episode and past episodes. There you can sign up for my monthly email list where I share with you updates on news about women empowerment, networking in Orlando, content writing and marketing tips, and how to share your story with the world. Plus, when you sign up for the newsletter, you get my free download, Boss Up Your Bio, a worksheet that helps you write the perfect about page that makes you shine and speaks to your ideal client. You can also find me on social media. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Orlando Lady Boss, and you can search for me on Facebook as Orlando Lady Boss also. If you're a woman in Orlando doing something amazing, please be sure to tag it with hashtag Orlando Lady Boss so I can see all the cool stuff you're doing out in the community. Finally, if you got this far and you like what you heard, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. It really helps this podcast to get discovered by other people. Also make sure to download the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That way, a new episode will be automatically downloaded each Friday for you to enjoy. Thank you so much for joining me today. Until next time, stay strong and go out and make an impact 